0: Welcome to another podcast week. Um, You're going to hear a familiar voice this week. We have Rachel Dyer here. She did a, actually it was the very first bonus podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I put those out about once a month and that was, gosh, that was like three months ago maybe? I think so.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah. Well, it was like right around, it must've been like June or something because, or at least that I reached out to you. Because it was really um, soon, not too far after her experience, her nation-changing experience with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a piece that I was like, this this needs to be read out loud. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll link to that in this episode. But um, I invited you back here today because of some of the work you're doing around an amazing thing called Plan C. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know the extent to which you are involved or like, I, I've been on the website. I actually, um, I thought maybe to kick us off, we would hit play on the video on the website. Oh, sure. It like, I have it ready to go. So, cause it gives like a history and then you can talk about like where you're at, um what it what it all means how you're trying to spread the word um and how people can help but um do you want to introduce yourself as just like I'm Rachel this is who I am before I jump further
1: in yeah sure so I'm I'm Rachel my pronouns <laughs> are she her and hers I um in the context of my work with Plan C I uh manage the volunteer program which is called the Ambassadors of Information and um yeah, I'll let the video is going to do a much better job of explaining the history <laughs> of Plan C and sort of what we're trying to do. But um, that's me in a nutshell. I uh, In in the other parts of my life, I'm a Ph.D. student in counseling psychology, and I'm trying to um, equip mental health professionals to be able to work more effectively around pregnancy decisions, particularly abortion, because it's really not included in training at all, which is a little bonkers since wow. reproduction is essentially universal. And if someone does not want to reproduce, that's also going to impact them because the expectation is that people will want to do that. So weird that we don't talk about it, but That yeah. is so wild because you can just imagine how many how
0: many people are going into appointments, like all they can think about is this unplanned pregnancy they have, and they're A, afraid to talk to their care provider because they mm-hmm. don't know what their opinion might be, mm-hmm. or B, they do bring it up and they get like a blank stare, like, oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> like one of these things I never even really thought about. Wow. Yeah. So it's quite troubling. Important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So, so important. So we're going to mm-hmm. enjoy watching that grow and watching you spread the message and hopefully we'll see a lot of trainings. Mm-hmm that's yes. so important oh yeah my all right well anyone can go to the plan c uh plan c website and this video of course has adorable graphics so you can watch it but you can learn a lot just listening so i figured why not just press play and let that be a little jumping ground for our conversation perfect
2: all right our country is in a choice crisis with an administration that's closing clinics, punishing providers, and effectively demanding people carry unwanted pregnancies to term. We need an option for a safe, self-managed at-home abortion, a plan C. And this solution exists. So why doesn't everyone know about it? Let's review. 30 years ago, a combination of pills was discovered to effectively end an early pregnancy. The health community celebrated. The world would be forever changed. The French Minister of Health even declared them the moral property of women. But when the pills came to the US, they were severely restricted by the FDA, not for medical or safety reasons, but because of politics. Today, they're used by millions worldwide every year and backed by mountains of data on safety and efficacy. While in the US, they're still held from us by the FDA, overmedicalized, even kept out of pharmacies. But this is changing abortion pills and information on how to use them can now be found on the internet via online pharmacies human rights organizations and a physician-supported site called aid access all of us can play a part in bringing this option into the mainstream one demand the fda remove the restrictions on abortion pills. two spread the word tell everyone you know that abortion pills and information on how to use them are available online three know your rights and risks Free legal support is always available. The solution is here. Learn more at pancills.org.
0: How cool that this thing exists. So I had my abortion three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I'm sure listeners have heard me say this a million times, but I studied women's um, women's studies in college, undergrad. I went to midwifery school. I was a doula attending like multiple births a month. Oh, wow. My whole world was women's health, essentially. And I found myself with an unplanned pregnancy and I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. I certainly did not know that there was a way for me to access pills online. A hundred percent had no idea and would not have trusted them because I'd never heard of it. Yeah. Right? Yes. So crazy that this exists now that I've had a medical abortion through a provider, mm-hmm. there's no reason I couldn't have ordered the pills online. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So crazy to me. Okay. So let's talk. <laughs> what yeah, tell me tell me what you um sort of like First of all, is there anything beyond politics that makes abortion pills, like access to abortion pills at home, not a good idea? Is it literally just a political
1: debate? it is literally just a political debate. And I mean, there's other layers to that, too. Of course, people bring their other beliefs into politics, and that impacts other people's lives and decisions. But no, all of the evidence shows that um, taking these pills, first of all, these pills are going to be exactly the same pills, whether you're taking them through a provider or through ordering them online. There has been Um, like mystery shopper studies done, where people will order the pills online, have them shipped and then test them for the active ingredients and they're the same pills. Um, They are safe, they are effective. Um, And yeah, all of the research shows that it's, it's equally safe and effective to take them in a clinic under the eyes of a provider or at home people are able to uh, accurately and safely assess their um their eligibility for using the pills and yeah there's there's absolutely no reason why why access to abortion pills shouldn't be expanded and and able to be done at home okay let's talk about eligibility so who Mm -hmm. can take pills yeah so it's it is um medication abortion is for folks who are um, earlier in their pregnancies i believe it's um prior to 70 days but um there's some different sort of guidelines floating around there but first trimester essentially um folks who have iud's um are not recommended to take medication abortion um go through go through that process because um uh, uh one of the medications uh works to like contract the uterus and so if you already have something in your uterus that can be that can be potentially dangerous so that might preclude someone um, if the person has an ectopic pregnancy they might not know that but then it just wouldn't work it's not any less safe other than um they might want to go and get that get that checked out if it if it um doesn't appear to have worked so um but you you could go into you could make an appointment have your IUD removed,
0: which may cause a miscarriage anyway, but mm-hmm. may not, and then take the pills at home. Mm-hmm. If you're, I mean, I'm just like thinking in my head, like if yeah. you're comfortable, like going to your pro- provider and saying, I need an abortion, like that would yep. be to do it, but that's super important to know.
1: Yeah, yes. And there's some other, there are um, lots of resources available connected through the Plan C website that detail this a little bit more. All of this information is freely available online. And so that's Plan C's approach is like, hey, a lot of people don't even know that medication abortion is a thing, let alone that they can access it by ordering pills online and self-managing at home. Um, so we, we better do our best to share this information with as many people as possible. Okay.
0: I hope this is helping a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I also, the first thing I wrote on my paper when I sat down today is like, plan C link on my website. <laughs> I don't have a link on my website. It's, my work is really so directed to people after mm-hmm. abortion and specifically mental health after abortion but there's no reason I shouldn't have a lot of people are googling and just finding my website sure I was like yeah I need a link yeah um so what about taking them the wrong way like like I remember reading the directions about a million times because I was like I don't want to mess this up what did they tell me to do (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had no idea right like I just was literally clueless like probably as educated as you could get in women's health other than like being a provider Mm -hmm. and I was like what if I mess it up I'm gonna do the wrong thing Mm -hmm. so what's the sort of like can you mess it up can you screw up consumption of these pills? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Well, yeah. So there is a, um, there is a fantastic training called SAS training. It's, um, Self-managed abortion, safe and supported, and I can I can send you the link to, yeah. to include as well. Yeah. Um, but that that details some of these considerations a little bit a little bit more. Um, essentially, a lot of it is about is about timing. So like pacing out the the taking of the medication and and things like that. And so um, sometimes people will will get really worried because they'll um, miss like the the exact hour that they were supposed to okay. to take the next medication or something like that. And and typically. Um, uh, and I am not a medical provider, but from the information that i that I have read and and understand as long as you take the medication as soon as possible, that um, uh maintains the effectiveness of the medication and you can um uh pay attention to to different like risks and outcomes and things and so if you are if you are bleeding quite a lot, for example, um I believe the the exact measure is s- soaking two menstrual pads every hour for a couple hours, that would be, like, an indication that, that maybe something isn't going well, or, um, so there's, there's different things that you can pay attention to, but it's not, um, uh, that's extremely rare for that to happen, yeah. And,
0: like, I totally just blanked on my question (laughs) a lot. Um, oh, I know. So, what if I get the pills in the mail mm-hmm. and then, and it's okay if you don't know, the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the answers to all these questions, but it's totally okay if you don't, because I clearly don't, um, you get the pills in the mail and then you want to ask someone a question. Mm-hmm. They're like places or they're like tech support or chat support or like phone support. Like yep. what ha- when I get the pills and then I have a question
1: yes so there are two resources that we really recommend the first is called the MA hotline so the miscarriage and abortion hotline mm-hmm. um, they are um, I believe that the line is staffed by medical providers who can offer that more specific medical advice um, or or clarity around around the process if you have questions um, typically if, uh, when a person is accessing medication abortion care, whoever is providing the pills should provide some directions about how to use them. But, um, if that isn't the case or if the person forgets because the situation is stressful, that is a really awesome resource to reach out to. If they have more, like, awesome. legal... I, didn't,
0: I nev- never heard of the MA hotline.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're great. If the person has more legal questions, there is a resource called If, When, How, and they have a, uh um i believe it's a talk line that is staffed by um uh lawyers and, and lawyers in training who care about reproductive rights and justice and they can answer some of those more more legal questions because sometimes that's a concern for people as well if they're not accessing um the medication through a provider
0: is there any follow up care for patients who, or i don't i don't you i guess like you, maybe you don't call them patients clients, consumers,
1: mm-hmm. customers. <laughs> yeah. I think all of those are, yeah, whatever. Yeah. However people want to describe themselves, right? right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah. Um, is there any follow-up? Like I get the pills in the mail and then it's assumed that I take them, but mm-hmm. I may not. Mm-hmm. And what's, is, do I get like a follow-up call or a follow-up letter? Or, like what's, mm-hmm. the, what's that look like?
1: Yeah, so so follow-up care is actually not something that is that is empirically required. Like, there's not really evidence that people need to go back in for an ultrasound or anything like that as long as they're, they're monitoring themselves. So if they notice um, that they aren't feeling right or if they're noticing something about their body that feels concerning then it's recommended that people would go um, seek out medical care. So I believe the, the SAS training that I mentioned before, the Self-Managed abortion Safe and Supported, is mm-hmm. I believe they recommend that folks go through self-managed abortions within two hours of a hospital in case something goes wrong or they're not feeling right. They want to make sure that um, medical professionals are, are within that person's vicinity. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else that I wanted to say here, but I... Do they recommend you like take a pregnancy test X amount of weeks later or? Yeah, that's something that people can do. And a lot of the times people want to know if it worked pretty, pretty quickly and they might take a pregnancy test too soon and it could indicate that they're still pregnant. And yes, exactly. So, um, I'm forgetting the exact number of weeks, uh, but, but there is a certain amount of time where it's recommended that a person wait and sort of monitor themselves and, um, people will often report no longer feeling pregnant. Um, so there, there are changes that people can sort of perceive in themselves. But um, if there is any concern, I remember what I was going to say. If there is any concern, people can go to a medical provider and say, "Um, I had a miscarriage or I I was pregnant and I am not pregnant anymore, I don't think, but can you check for me? And the person does not have to share that they went through a medication abortion because uh, there's no way to determine if the medication is in a person's system.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good to know for a lot of people. That's amazing. Yes. Wow. And so So that's like, I'm just thinking about people who are, you know, terrified and don't even want the medication delivered to their home because they're mm -hmm. in hiding or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you could have the medication delivered to a friend's house, take it as needed. Um, Of course, my wish is that everyone has mental health support, but the reality is that they don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there is no way, because I bet a lot of people have that fear, like, now, now people are going to know, like, they'll do a blood test or something, and they'll Yes,
1: yes, yeah, I think that is a big concern for people, especially um, uh, since ordering medication online isn't something that, that people typically experience, that seems a little bit, like, concerning, like, is this something that I'm, that I'm able to do, and, and We want to remind people that abortion is legal in all 50 states and we know that some people are are criminalized more than others in particular black indigenous people of color poor people things like that and so we do know that that's going to be a heightened concern for people or if someone is wanting to order these pills but they're in a domestic violence situation for example and it would not be safe for them to order that medication to their home there are a lot of other other considerations that, that sort of float around this. So it's, we think about it as increasing accessibility and knowing that it's, um, uh, it's not the, the path for everyone. It's, it's simply another path. Yeah. Nothing
0: is. Yeah. So when I order, you said there's like, there's sort of like a screening process. Yeah. I've done this myself, but whatever. I haven't looked at this screening process. Um, I guess my question is, because my lens is always on mental health, Mm -hmm. right? My curiosity is how much of that screening process, as was my curiosity with the follow-up care, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm always wondering is there any kind of mental health screening? And what I mean by that is like, are you making the best decision for your family? Like, what are you gonna do when you feel sad? Cause it's mm-hmm. totally normal. It doesn't even mean you made a mistake. It's mm-hmm. just being human. It's yeah. part of the process, right? So I'm always curious, do you, is there any sort of spattering of those considerations
1: in the process of ordering pills online? To my knowledge, um, that's that's not something that these websites have, and I would I would hypothesize that that is because um, they're working to to um, like respond to the barriers that are already in place for people seeking abortion care, and it this conversation around mental health, you know, can be very construed to be a way that people limit access to abortion care, which is. Absolutely not the case. People deserve access to mental health support for any reason, and that does not mean that whatever their experience is should be prevented from happening in the future right and so i think I think that 's something that again this is just this is like Rachel speaking. Um, that would be my guess as to why the the mental health questions or considerations wouldn 't be on there and even even referring people post abortion to mental health support is something that feels a little dicey is because it doesn 't want to be um, seen as, like, something that would be required of people who have access to abortions.
0: It's so infuriating to me. I totally get it from, like, political perspective, but part of me is, like, but it's the chicken or the egg, like, what Mm -hmm. comes first? So, let's say there's X percentage of people experiencing confusion and grief and, you know, I think even sometimes what they interpret as regret but is not actually regret it's just unresolved feelings right they just like haven't felt mm-hmm. their feelings so they're interpreting it as regret but it's actually not mm-hmm. so my question is or you know my my brain goes to if we had were giving better education in terms of what it's like to emotionally experience an abortion there would be less fuel for that conversation of you're going to regret it because it would just mm-hmm. be more people saying like, yeah, I was sad. I'm a badass. It's totally amazing. And I'd get another abortion. <laughs> yes.
1: And this is part of why the conversation around self-managed abortion care is so important is because abortion has become so medicalized there's this assumption that you have to go into a clinic and you have to interface with a medical provider and if you don't grow that route you are accessing an unsafe quote-unquote like back alley abortion and that's not the case when we at plan c think about self-managed care it's through uh, it's through the same medications that you would access at a clinic but you're able to find a place where you feel it's, it's really like the most radical form of self-care and empowerment. Like people can, people can take these pills in, in a, in a situation and setting and surrounded by people yeah. or pets or candles or whatever that makes them, um, you know, feel, feel their best. And so it, 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 fitting into this conversation around mental health, I think it's also part of the, like, how does the process fit into someone's mental health as, a, in addition to like, after the okay. abortion how do they support their mental health yeah what does
0: your health look like emotional mental health look like like you said if you're in your bed with some candles snuggling with your cat mm-hmm. versus walking through protesters yeah. you know like getting being in a room by yourself so so true so mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. i loved in that little video when um they said you know, this is really the moral property of women.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's so good!" Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I think that speaks to the people don't know that medication abortion is an option, and even even when we talk about abortions, first of all, we we often don't even say the word. I think about um, because I subjected myself to watching our recent presidential and vice presidential debate debates. People don't often even say the word abortion, let alone detail that further. And if they do, we might frame it as a surgical abortion, which even that is a term that um, isn't really accurate. There's no there's no like cutting or anything like that when someone has an, an in-clinic procedural abortion. And so there's all of these steps and all of these things that we already haven't talked about or verbalized. And so the idea that there are some medications that you can take to have an abortion, you can do that safely in your home, that is we we should know about that and the fact that we don't is is immoral to use that it, that quote it reminds me of like well with plan b right mm-hmm. it, it's really
0: no different than a few birth control pills like it's not some like fancy scary medicine that people mm-hmm. are accessing it's like basically what people are taking every day anyway yes it's just yeah. particularly timed um so yeah i think I definitely remember feeling that, like, oh, if if these pills can um, can trigger right my body to expel mm-hmm. this pregnancy, they must be really strong and scary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Um, but to normalize them as like, no, they're not really <laughs> that scary. It's mm-hmm. just a way for you to manage your healthcare. Exactly. Um, such a powerful transition.
1: Mm-hmm. And one of the pills too, so there's, um, not to get too in the weeds, but there are two pills that can be part of the, the you know, abortion pill, medication abortions. The first is mifepristone, and that's the one that's more heavily regulated by the FDA and, and by this conversation around politics. There is another pill called misoprostol um that can be taken after mifepristone or taken by itself. Um and misoprostol is used for other other medical things that it, it has other uses. So people yeah. might even have it in their medicine cabinets right now because it's I I believe like mm, I, I want to say ulcers and even things related to like um getting IUDs. I think it's also used for that and so there's there's other uses for these for misoprostol specifically. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember taking, so I, I had my abortion through just my regular OB office. Like I wasn't, I didn't go to a clinic. I didn't go to a Planned Parenthood. And I remember, so I had to take that first pill in the office. I was just there. That's how it worked for them. Take the first pill in the office in front of me Yep. and then go home with the other pills. And I remember swallowing that first pill and I said to him like, you could do an entire documentary on this moment Mm -hmm. of swallowing the first pill. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was a huge moment. Like it felt like for me now for some women, it's not at all, Mm -hmm. but that's not what my podcast is about, (laughs) right? Like Mm -hmm. my podcast is really for the women who are like, huh, this is kind of a bigger deal than we thought. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. But for me, it was like, wow. This is a huge, huge moment, Mm -hmm. and I just, I still someday would love to see that documentary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I want to see what's racing, or maybe it's, like, a graphic cartoon or something.
1: Like, all of the different thoughts and feelings. Right, exactly, Mm -hmm. like,
0: what is happening in our bodies, and what is going through our minds in that moment, Mm -hmm. and some of it is a little bit, like, scary, and a lot of it is like like you said earlier, you use the word empowering like it is like really powerful moment to say "I'm choosing this for my life
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: so pretty amazing
1: yeah, and it's it's um, yeah, the balance of the scary and the empowering is like that's those are the like nuanced and complex feelings that we have to make space for, and if that means that I don't know if like facilitating more of the empowerment means that that people should. I, facilitating the empowerment means that people should know that this is an option, um, that people know that they have, they have choices and that this can be a way of experiencing their, their abortion decision. And I don't know. It's,
0: yeah, it's such good stuff. I am excited for, um, I did, you know, I, I started this podcast in my work really for women after abortion. And then I realized that lots of people were finding it when they found out they were pregnant Mm -hmm. and I don't speak to that a lot Mm -hmm. it's just you know we got to kind of pick our zone and go for it yeah (laughs) yep (laughs) I thought it was really important to have you on and just talk about how really normal this is to be able to terminate a pregnancy at home Mm -hmm. yes Um, I just read a story yesterday maybe you read it too uh, about a woman in North Carolina who has six kids mm-hmm. and her husband was killed by a wave. Mm-hmm. It hit his neck the wrong way and his head hit the sand and oh my gosh. Um she had spoken um very outwardly in a pro-life way, right? Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. Had very much been a part of a pro-life movement and found out she was pregnant right after mm-hmm. his death and was mm-hmm. like, I Ugh. can't do this, right? Yeah. I, I have six kids. My husband just died.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My I think one of her pregnancies was like super dangerous and scary. Ugh. Three of her kids were three or four of her kids were adopted. The other two were biological. She was like, there's no way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now she's very much crossed that bridge of like not speaking the pro-life narrative. And mm-hmm. like, Need these choices, yeah. Um, so it is just like bringing that the reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like you can be pro-life all you want, but when it's you that has the unplanned pregnancy under whatever mm-hmm. circumstances, accessing these pills at home, I would guess that a fair amount of them are being accessed by conservative people.
1: Yeah, that that seems like an office. <laughs> mm-hmm. That seems like a very probable hypothesis and I wish the the like researcher in me wishes there were more data on this, but it's so it's so hard to study abortion especially to ask people who maybe abortion accessing abortion for themselves doesn't align with their values and yet they find themselves in a situation where it's something they're considering or they're pursuing. It's yeah, it's so tricky. And so if they have this option, of course they should have this option. Of Of course, of course they should have this option.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did a, I was on a podcast with a woman who's an OB in Texas
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she runs a, uh, you know, she works in a very conservative area and she said about 40% of her clients have had abortions. Even, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, some people think, oh, well, it's one in three or one in four of liberal women. Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it doesn't really exclude my politics or religion. It's, this is, this is happening for all of us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The power of abortion stigma is just incredible. And so that's why space is like, like your podcast and, and like plan C where we're talking about, the details of people's stories or the different ways in which people can experience their abortions or want to experience their abortions are so, so important because it's right it's not just this like very simple like liberal women are accessing this thing and feel nothing about it story yeah. that sometimes gets painted, so yeah
0: I would love to see more research on um, abortion access from home. I think that would be an amazing study. Yes, Maybe we next turn away maybe all those researchers will shift their energy toward it.
1: yes so at plan c um a couple of folks are working on that so i mentioned that mystery shopper study before yeah. that was something conducted by folks who are uh, affiliated with plan c and the next iteration of that study is is underway so learning a bit more about like other websites that have popped up in the last Oh, five or so years, three or so. I'm forgetting mm-hmm. when the first study was conducted, but things have changed. And especially under COVID, like being able to access this care at home right? or without going We're into a medical setting is, is all the more important for people's, for people's safety in terms of COVID. Oh, so. right.
0: I would guess that if you did that research the way that the turnaway study did it over a long period of time. Mm-hmm you're going to find even less mental health struggle. Like, wait, like, I bet it's dramatically less.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yes, I would wonder about that. I wish that, um, yeah, studies were able to sort of, like, disaggregate the data a little bit more to see, like, I see that you had a medication abortion. Was that in a clinic? Was that at home? Yeah. What does that mean for the the amount of, like, control and autonomy you were able to have over the situation because that would have likely impacted your mental health and your the meaning that you make around that experience so. yeah
0: how do you tell the story mm-hmm. when you took pills at home in your bed with a candle
1: yes the way that
0: i did i just happened to go through an office but mm-hmm. not in my parenthood versus how do you tell the story when you had to drive for hours
1: or fly somewhere mm-hmm. and protesters and
2: right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i think part of what we want to be clear about too at plan c is that and i think i said this before like medication abortion self-managed care is is not going to be the option for everyone some people will feel more reassured and feel better in terms of their mental and emotional health if they have a medical provider saying like yes this is a good option for you here is a pill let me watch you take it you can check in with me. Some people feel very reassured by that. Some people, that would be the thing that would be stressful and anxiety provoking and and, and cause problems after the abortion is over. So I think, um, having lots of options. Yes. Going back to the people deserve options. People deserve to have this information so that they can make those decisions for themselves rather than thinking there's only, only one choice because that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So good. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, I look forward to the next things we learn together.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All
2: right. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice.